Welcome everyone to Berkeley Center for Law and Technology's Career Podcast. Uh, I'm Wayne Stacy, the Executive Director for BCLT. And today we have two attorneys from the, the law firm of Morgan Lewis, David Sanger and Jen Wang. And we wanted to talk with them a little bit today about what the, the practice uh, of law looks like around uh, artificial intelligence. And it's especially artificial intelligence and patents. And what is a what does a practitioner do for day to day? And what is the practice going to look like over the next decade? So, uh, David, I'll start with you. You know, tell us a little bit about your background and what your legal practice looks like. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah. So uh, fortunately, I was able to uh, go to Berkeley Law some, a few years ago and um while I was at Berkeley Law, I uh, was a summer associate at Morgan Lewis, and I started uh, my uh, my work thinking that I was going to focus on patent litigation, and I did mostly patent litigation, uh, but I also uh, did quite a bit of patent prosecution, uh, uh, sort of an ancillary basis, and then um, so I saw a lot of familiarity with with the patent uh, litigation side as well as the patent prosecution side. And after about four years of that, I've, I'm, I've been doing exclusively uh, patent prosecution work. Um, prior to law school, I actually did software development for 12 years. Uh, so I have a lot of background in, in software, and that has been very, very helpful. Uh, most people don't have that much background before they uh, go into uh, patent law. So uh, that's, that's, that's my, my background. And uh, how about, Jen, why don't you say a little bit about what you do? Yeah, so uh, I work with uh, David Sanker together on patent prosecution. So oh, we do a lot of software, hardware, or different kind of uh, technology uh, patent applications and do prosecution. But my background uh, comes from, uh, technical background comes from uh, undergraduate in physics uh, and a graduate degree in electrical engineering. Then I also worked in a technology company for three and a half years. Uh, then I come to law school and working in the law company uh, together at the same time. So I'm in the part-time uh, in Santa Clara. Uh, it's not Berkeley, but it's close neighbor. Uh, then after graduation, I start to practice full-time on patent prosecution. It has been like six years. So kind of close to uh, your law school students. So I may have a lot of experience in terms of early career uh, development uh, to share with you. So... That's my background. Thank you. So one of the things I, I heard when I was at the PTO, uh, you, you talk with with new companies and they would inevitably say, well, we read on the Internet that software isn't patentable. So we didn't worry about software patents. And, you know, I, the first time I heard it, I thought it was an anomaly. Oh, here's a company that didn't didn't talk to anybody. But then we started looking across the country between all the regional directors and it came up over and over again. And so we started looking and you can find a lot of information on the web that says, you know, software is basically not patentable. And that if it's not patentable, that means there's no real career path in it uh, for, for soft, people looking to do software patent work. What do you have to say to that? Um, right. And, and uh, I, 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 the evidence I have is, is is completely consistent with that. In fact, there are some some people who have this kind of 
stopped all you know uh, filings relating to software. So, um, so the fact is that software is patentable, uh, but it just takes a little more work. And a, a key uh, change sort of accidentally occurred um, about seven, eight years ago when the Supreme Court heard the case of Alice versus CLS Bank. And in a sense, the, the, the opinion that the Supreme Court expressed was something that we all know. And they basically said, abstract ideas are not patentable. It's like, well, of course they're not. And that's the way it's always been. And so it really shouldn't have changed anything. But what has happened as a practical matter is that between some uh, decisions by the federal circuit and by um, rulings by the, the USPTO, it actually has made it significantly harder for uh, software inventions to be uh, patentable. Uh, and, and what's happening is that the examiners are rejecting applications on saying, well, that's, they'll just take whatever it is you're claiming and say, that's just an abstract idea, therefore it's not patentable. And so in, in many cases, those decisions are, are not even uh, provided with a lot of detail. And it's just, uh, it's just the examiner's opinion that's like, I, I just think it's an abstract idea, and therefore you can't get a patent on it. And so with that, with that in mind, a lot of companies have just chosen to like, you know, well, that's, it's too much work, so we skip it. Um, but on the other hand, uh, we have continued to get soft or patents for our clients, but it's just harder. It's, it's more work. We have to provide more technical detail. We have to say, well, what's the technical problem? What's the technical solution? Uh, and provide more detail about what we're doing. And uh, the other thing is that we have to more often uh, appeal the decisions to the board in order to, in order to get good results. So uh, software patents are still possible. It's just harder to do. And ultimately, we're trying to, uh, you know, get some better clarity and, and uh, maybe get back to a more normal state where where we're not just having everything projected as being an abstract idea. So I want to I want to challenge you on a word that you used there. You said it's it's harder, but in terms of what what we do as lawyers, it means it just requires more skill <laughs> and experience. Is that yeah, is that a better way to put it? Yeah, that's a good. It, 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 it's, we we have to be better, and and that's and that's that's true. And um, uh, it's like I've I've been trying to work on this, and uh, yeah, it's 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 made made me have to be a, a better lawyer in order to do this. Um, uh, on this particular subject, I actually just got a, an article published in the uh, uh, the Patent Lawyer magazine uh, just uh, this past month, uh, talking about well, how do you address? these uh, patent eligibility questions. And uh, so I have one, one methodology that, that I use and is, is uh, relatively successful. Nothing's perfect, but it's, yeah, that's, that's what we're doing. So, so Jen, is it fair to say that there's still plenty of career opportunity for those interested in software patents? 
Yes, uh, definitely. I, I agree with uh, David. So, oh, and also, oh, I remember those difficult days. Definitely, it, it start. It, it almost like a, a happened uh, concurrently with my career. I was kind of frustrated, but also, oh, I was able to learn a lot of different skills, procedure wise or or legal argument wise. Uh, try to get over Alice. Uh, so, oh, better over the time we do see USPTO try to uh, be more cooperative, uh, but also we also learn some skills. Uh, for example, uh, we try to use some laws to like base, try to uh, tell our uh, application more towards uh, computer technology improvement instead of focus on, on the abstract operation. Uh, so that helps a lot. Uh, but we do see USPTO try to promote uh, uh, software or, or lower down the bar a little bit to help the software company to get the their invention protected as well. Yeah. Well, I know one of the, the hottest topics in in software patenting is what to do with with AI. You know, it's been been marked as an issue of national security. Uh, there was actually a, a, a specific statement that came out that falling behind, or came out from the federal government, that falling behind in AI technology would be a direct threat to national security. So when it comes to AI and patenting, what kind of issues can an attorney expect to see or what kind of clients are bringing AI issues to you? So, um, it, so I, I completely agree with the assessment that that uh, AI is, uh, is a big deal. And, and in fact, uh, AI is pervasive across all, pretty much all fields. Um, so, from in anywhere from you know very large companies like you know Facebook and Google and other large companies uh, to a whole array of startups. I mean, it's like almost any startup is is, is using AI, and that's even in the life sciences. So sometimes we think of AI as being technology and, and life sciences being separate. And they're not anymore because AI is, is key to the success even for in the life sciences in terms of uh, identifying new drugs and other things. It's, it's, it's critical uh, there. It's used in um, like image recognition. Uh, AI, specifically the... Um, convolutional neural networks, which is how we deal with images, but it's uh, um, uh, the artificial intelligence there is very, very pervasive, say for autonomous driving. It's like, you've got to be able to intake images and identify uh, characteristics of those images and how to respond to them. And, and in so many, so many ways. Um, so um, I'd say AI is pretty much involved in uh, almost any company now, uh, and so we deal with a lot of that, um, in, including uh, 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 Jen. I was just talking to Jen about uh, even AI hardware. You might want to say a little yeah. bit about that, Jen. Yeah, exactly. So well, we do start to interview a lot of clients, and actually some of them are engaged. They do chip designs, and they try to uh, design AI-specific uh, uh, chips to uh, run those neural network computation really fast. And also there's uh, some system-level uh, company try to assemble a board-level system to run AI-specific application 
efficiently. Uh, and definitely, as you can mention, uh, as you can imagine, a lot of state-of-art uh, chip technology or or system-level integration technology will be involved. I can imagine national security; it will be a big deal here. Uh, so, export license is a popular issue here. Uh, we do sometimes work with export license uh, attorneys to see whether some of the technology can be uh, safely sent uh, sent overseas to collaborators. Uh, so, and also, um, and uh, uh, that's pretty much about the hardware. Uh, yeah. Um, I think. So, so my initial focus on software patents was was wrong. Uh, this is really much broader. It's software and hardware for AI. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's all the way from traditional high tech to life sciences. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. And 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 in, in some cases, it's. Uh, the the issue we deal with is 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 uh, is not the the AI part. It's like okay, well, uh, some sometimes the issue we we deal with is that uh, uh, somebody has developed something great. It uses AI, but the inventive part is not the AI because the AI is. It's usually you're using. Um, uh, AI algorithms that other people have developed, and so the new invention is really well. How how am I applying that AI to my specific, uh, you know, in my specific context? And and so that's sometimes our work is actually saying, okay, well, where's your invention? Uh, it's it's not it's not the AI. It's it's what's your, what's your invention? It's the other part to it. And that's that's where we uh, a lot of what we do is is to help our uh, uh, clients identify what what the inventive aspects are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also sometimes uh, uh, there's uh, like a, a kind of uh, uh, AI application normally is really hungry on resource, um, but nowadays everything is going mobile. So something has to be run on server side, something has to be run on the cell phone side. Then uh, if it's on the uh, server side, really there's a detectability issue. If it is not detectable, is patent still a good way of protecting? the invention. So sometimes we need to work with the client to see whether there is other, like a trade secret protection, maybe that work. Uh, maybe there is some kind of data protection measures you can do on, on the server side. And also, if you need to run some, like a big computation on the cell phone, it doesn't work, then you may ask your client or user to send the data to the server. Then there is a data privacy issue coming up. So this is not really a pattern issue anymore. You have to know a lot of other law uh, in order to help your client best. So, yeah. So with with all of that in mind, for the, the law student that's interested in AI, maybe patents, maybe privacy, maybe some other area of the, the law, but is interested in artificial intelligence, what do you recommend for for getting ready to, to start work. So, so yeah, we, there's there's actually a, thing, a few things you can do. But I'll, I'll, Jen, why don't you go ahead and start? 
Oh, okay. Thank you. So generally, uh, first of all, it definitely help if you have a, a really good uh, knowledge background about AI uh, in terms of legal, but also in terms of technology background. So I'm thinking maybe YouTube, for example, for me, I came from a hardware background, but I when I first got uh, in touch with uh, YouTube, uh, touch with uh, uh, AI, I start to read some books or go to YouTube. Actually, YouTube has a lot of good clips uh, get you ready within a few minutes on a specific topic. For example, convolutionary neural network, what is a, new, a residual neural network? So that's really helpful, some good resource. Uh, and also, or, or you can go to some se seminars. Uh, you can uh, seminars uh, in school or outside online, because nowadays there are a lot of online learning resource. For example, Morgan Lewis nowadays have an artificial intelligence bootcamp. Those are more focused on the legal issues, but that's really valuable because it's we see the trend, more and more legal issues and clients are coming up. So we're getting ready for those clients. So they are more predictive and those resources are open to public so everyone can get online and try to see what the law firms are expecting the whole field will look like in the next decade, maybe. Yeah. yeah. David? And then I was going to yeah. add to that. There are actually, um, there were two things that I did actually while while I was at Berkeley as a, as a law student. Uh, one is um, if you can you know, work at a law firm while you're in law school. I, I worked one day a week and I thought it was great. It was you know, able to get good experience so that by the time I graduated, I was you know ahead of the game because by, by doing that work during, during law school. Uh, the other thing is, as a as a Berkeley student, you can take classes outside of the law school. So while I was at Berkeley, I took uh, a class through um, the uh, computer science department, uh, and and as able to take a class as 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 a graded class because I already paid tuition to the law school. Uh, and so that's something that is you know you can't take a whole lot of classes because you need to get the law school credits, but you could probably take one or two classes while you're there and take advantage of the very good computer to science department that exists at Cal and you're on campus already. So those are two options that I did that I think are, are quite quite helpful. Yeah, and also Wonderful. I think, uh, sorry, uh, uh, I want to ask something. So in general, in the law firm, uh, even when even you are kind of relatively fresh uh, in the area, but when you join a law firm, normally you have a, a senior associates and a partner help you get started. They will craft a really good, uh, like a small projects for you to slowly get familiar with the technology field and also how you deal with it in, in like a legal memos or so you build up not only technology um, knowledge but also the legal knowledge uh, slowly and uh, in a in a reasonable manner so okay that's it wonderful well it seems that uh, this is a rich field for for students to go into, whether it's patents, privacy, export control, uh, there's a lot of different options here if you're willing to spend the time to understand the, the technology. So, well, thank you both for your time today. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you. Take yeah. care.